0: Hockey,
1: yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Let's
2: see again. There's Strom is 16. Okay, so he takes a shot. Let's see what... So... Oh, there. That's what he's uh, saying. Oh, they're saying the stick... Push the pad in. the, the pad course. in, not to push the goalie in. And that... He says the stick pushes...
1: And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show, a late night edition on a Friday night in which um, I'm going to admit I'm a few surlies in, which there's nothing okay. wrong with that. And I'm sure Declan Goff has a few drinks in as well. But you know what? This hockey game between the Wild and Rangers is too good not to talk hey, about. Can,
0: can I be honest? I was holding a six day old newborn for the majority of this game, okay? Little Brooks. Brooks, there's fag- something I should know. No, it's a, a bunch of personal it not, It's not my baby. No, I, oh, okay, good. I was, holding, good. That's I was congratulations. baby. I'm actually in very normal spirits, despite what my Twitter feed says about me right now. I
1: got you. Okay.
0: Um, no, I, I was holding well, a newborn baby watching a fantastic hockey game. Up you in know the what I've last got? For few seconds for the controversial ending that, that I've got inspired.
1: A, I've got a freshly opened furious good for here. you. So I have, a,
0: I have an extra citra that I'm going to crack open here in a bit. Okay, so,
1: um, so explain to me your take. Uh, th- three, two... Wild comes back from a two-goal deficit, in which they played a terrible first period. 3-2, they beat the Rangers in the garden. Explain to me your thoughts on that clip, because I think your thoughts are far more controversial than mine. All
0: right, before I even give my thoughts, let's can we, should we watch it again for the audience sure. who's probably just tuning in right here? So Absolutely. If, for anyone who's also maybe just tuning in we didn't watch the Minnesota Wild and New York Rangers affair here, um, let, let, let's look what happened here in the final seconds with the Wild sure. up 3-2, and it looked like the Rangers side at least said that they tied the game. Let's play the clip here from the MSG telecast cuz from what I've been told the local broadcast didn't single did sh- I watched Man. the whole game. Huh, they they did not
1: they did not show this. Louie was outstanding. He was. On he was great tonight. Color commentary, he so I, I, I have no that. gripes, but um Bally's definitely did not show what you're about to
0: show. All right, let's see this clip again.
2: Let's see again. There's Strom is 16. Okay, so he takes the shot let's see what so oh there that's what he's oh, saying oh they're saying the stick pushed the pad in the pad first. in not the push the goalie in and that he says his stick pushes
0: okay okay go ahead so the the stick pushed the pad in mhm and there apparently was a whistle right otherwise that otherwise the play no. was live they claim no, it was No there was no whistle See, he, okay. So here, they here's called my, the goal off with no right. whistle. Here, here's my grand scheme. If if you're if if the play is dead, then why wasn't there a whistle? And two, no one knows. Just like pass interference in football, no one knows what goaltender interference truly is. Okay. And my grand scheme of this, my entire point of this is, if this was reversed, or if this was called a goal on the ice, Minnesota sports fans would be apoplectic right now. Mm-hmm. Over everything that had transpired, my my whole my whole take on on why to take take it what it is is because Minnesota sports got a call for once. How many times have the Twins, the Vikings, the Wolves, the Wild watched something like that happen in Minnesota sports and it not go their way in New York, in New York, in
1: New York, the home of with
0: and the reviews right in Toronto, right? Is that where the the review is in back in Canada? Isn't it so? So the review itself was back. You know, they were looking at the goal. Was back looking up in Canada, but in New York, how many times has a Minnesota sports team walked into a New York barn, field, arena, whatever the hell you want to call it, and then came in, and they reviewed it and said Minnesota wins this game. No one knows what goaltender interference is. No one knows what DPI is. No one knows what a foul is. No one knows what a strike is. The, for the fact that a Minnesota sports team got a call, celebrate that. That's that's my entire sure. point of this. So, no but do one you know is what the but hell? But do you it think is. it was a
1: blown call, or are you just saying that we should be thrilled about it? Which I agree with that part.
0: I, I the latter part is be thrilled with this call because we actually but got. Do you something think it was a bad bounce. call? I think it's a bad call. I think it's see, a bad I, call. I,
1: boy, Can I play it again. Sure. Oh yeah. One more time. Yes. Let's play it one. Very more time. subjective. So
2: let's see again. There's Strom is sixteen. Okay so he takes a shot. Let's see what So oh there. That's what he's saying. Oh they're saying the stick pushed the pad in. The approach. pad in
1: not to push the goalie in and that he says his stick pushes So I think the process was I think the process was wrong but the result was right. With three point eight seconds, if you go back and watch that, no human being on the ice could see the puck. You have okay. to blow the whistle there. They didn't blow the whistle. They should have blown the whistle. And,
0: and that was my point in my tweet too. You should be blowing the whistle now. Yeah, right? well,
1: I agree with that. But my other problem with that is I don't think that you should be able to whack at the puck and the goalie indefinitely. So if that had gone if that had gone the opposite against the wild and it, it was the Rangers, I would say the call that was made on the ice is the correct call. But if you go back and watch that, with 3.8 seconds left, that puck disappears from sight. And when that puck disappears from sight, the rule is blow the whistle. Right. Like, like it's not like, well, wait for it to come back out and then see what you think. So I think they knew that they got it wrong. I think they rectified it um, because I, I get your point, uh, but I also think that w- that puck disappeared. And, and we're looking at that puck decks from above and and I wish I wish my friends at Bally's would pay a lot of money. I pay a lot of money for cable. I wish they had shown me that, but there's no way that if you're on the ice and you're an official that you can see that puck like like it's not like you have a better oh man, I'm gonna get really low and see that so I think they got to the right place in the call. I think it's absolutely right. I understand your gripe, and yeah, I mean we could go back and forth about. Official there's so there there are calls there that don't like you don't know what the call is. Like you know what the rule is, but you don't part, part of the problem too is it's defined incorrectly. I goaltender interference is a really bad phrase because interference in hockey is interfering with a player who's not around the puck. Yes. And then you and then you switch it to be but interference with the goalie, it actually should be called goaltender obstruction. Sure. Like they should use a different word. Because you're right when 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 a hockey fan hears the word interference, that means you're obstructing something where you can't get to the puck. This is you have the puck. So I I think they got to the right place. And let me say this about tonight's win again, okay? Cuz Judd's Olga seen is Mr. Pessimist for Minnesota sports I understand that and I'm willing to take that heat I, I deserve it um, but Declan this again shows you how good a team this is because in the first period and by the way and I'll get to this Dean screwed up Dean Evison screwed yeah, we'll,
0: up we'll get to that point in a minute here. but anyway
1: the first period this team was terrible this team was terrible
0: yep.
1: and they came back and dominated and by the way we are still at i i'm not sure about you in my opinion um we are still at two teams i've seen this year that i think are definitively better than the wild that game against the panthers they were far better like they were just a better team and you got beat and you deserve and you deserve to be beat as i'm going to take a sip of my
0: surly late
1: night judd's hockey show hold
0: hold on a second yep take your time so I have some takes to make too.
1: The other one, and you are more than welcome to. The other one is, um, consistently not in goal. Colorado is a better team. Like Colorado, when they're playing well, is a better team. Um, doesn't mean you can't compete with them, but they are a better team. Other than that, Declan, I am yet to see a team that I think they're better. Like def- they're a definitively better team. Yep. And damn, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. It is. It is impressive. I mean, what Colorado, I think, has won 13 out of 14 games or has taken points in all of 14 games because the, their one shootout win was against the Wild. So so they've been racking up points and good for them. And and look, Colorado was a consensus team that probably should be winning the Stanley Cup. So they they got off to that kind of mediocre slow start. And now you're trying to, you're starting to see them kind of wake up here in January. There's still questions um, about their goaltending that you and I have talked about. But in general, hey, they're, they're a damn good team. And I, I do think they're still... Better than the wild. I think they would edge out the wild if it stood today in a seven game series. Time as there, there's times on the wild side if they can change that. I want, I just want to go back one more time to this goal. And my, my, my point is, is, I think you can make a clear case that you should have blown the whistle even before you can make the case that it's goaltender interference. I agree with that. You're right. That, 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 that is the grand scheme of what I was saying. It might yep. be, it, it, it be goaltender interference. My point is, there's a bigger case to blow the damn whistle. Yep. If if because the puck is gone, I'm going to play this one last time. Three point eight seconds. As, as we've spent ten minutes, I want to play this one last. Love time the passion. And then, and then we are going to get into other great things that happen. But three in this po- but, about this team.
1: But look at the clock, and and this shot is perfect. Valleys, where were you? At? Um, this shot is perfect. Three point eight seconds, and this is why I think that if they had overturned it and called it a goal, the Wild had a right to be livid. Okay. Okay, here we go.
2: Let's see again. There's Strom is sixteen. Okay, so he takes a shot. Let's see what so Oh there. That's what he's uh, saying. Oh they're saying the stick. Push the pad hit in. the, the pad first. in, not to push the goalie in. And that he says his stick pushes.
1: I'm I agree with your point.
0: So the the,
1: imperpetuity of whacking at the puck should not exist.
0: And so my my main point about this is that, yes, I do think that the call on the ice should have been that there should have been a whistle before we're even talking about goaltender interference. We've seen wackier things happen where teams have challenged for goaltender interference after a no goal and it gets called, whatever that that is the grand scheme of what I what I saw in that. I think a whistle should have been called. I don't think it's necessarily goaltender interference on the ice initially, but if a team challenges that and it gets overturned, Minnesota sports fans would be absolutely apoplectic right now. We'd be having a completely different show. We'd be having a com- we'd have to make it Ventline. We'd have to get people on this show to mm-hmm. voice their takes. We're not going to do that today despite numerous suggestions. We will bring Ventline back by the way for Minnesota Wild takes during the playoffs, which obviously this team is going to be in. So event line for the wild edition on Judd's hockey show, we'll return when the wild return to the postseason play. But my, th- to wrap that up, I think a whistle should have been blown. That's the number one egregious thing about that. Number two, if you want to talk about goaltender interference, I don't think anyone knows what it is. So that, that, that is the entire point I wanted to make.
1: I am. I will say that I do think that you are correct in saying um, it is subjective. It should be, I think it should be called goaltender obstruction. Uh, because i do think i know what it is i don't think it's well defined but anyway all right let's move on though because this is a, this is an impressive win uh i'm not going to try and, and and take away a thing from a win against a ranger team that is good i don't think they're as good as the wild but they're good um that first period decks was electric uh you could feel the atmosphere at the garden after uh king henrik had his jersey retired you could feel the atmosphere coming through your tv set which to me is awesome i i don't believe there's been a lot of cases in this league since the wild started because the um, the reality is the majority of of these rinks and barns now are are cookie cutter sort of they're fine, but they're not exciting. I, I remember uh, in the 80s before you were born, watching North Star Blackhawks games from the stadium in Chicago, where you could feel the same thing, like just this electric atmosphere. And it would literally jump through the TV. And I felt like a- after the thing with, um, with King Henrik got done tonight, like you could feel that. The fans were chanting. It was so cool. And the Rangers came out and played great. I will say this. They they said on TV, and so I'll take their word for it on Bally's, that the Wilds sat on the bench and watched this entire thing. And I know it was probably very important for Zuccarello, who's friends with Henrik, who might be as good-looking as Jimmy G. Um, but I know it was important for him – to watch and I'm fine with that. I don't agree that your whole team should watch that though, because it backs up the start time. I believe that game started after 8 PM Eastern. Um, I would have told my players get to the rink around whatever time. And we are going to approach this. We are not here to honor anybody. We're not here to watch this. We are here to win. It's what you play. Every time we play Bill Guerin at, at, the end this is not about fun this is not about uh trying hard this is about bleeping winning hockey games and ultimately a cup so the wild uh i was not surprised and somebody told me this years ago it might have been when i interned for the north stars they somebody told me opposing coaches despise this crap they despise jersey retirements they despise ceremonies they hate opening night because you want to get out there and you want to play and there's nothing about that that, that like is like, but well, this is a great moment in hockey history. Nobody cares. The Wild played a terrible first period to their credit, though. And, and it's not a fluke, they came back and applied themselves. And last thought okay, first of all, Matthew Boldy deserved to be here all year. Like, this is a player. This is not. This is not a nice story. This is a, a player. And I think as a Fiala stand, which Declan Goff is, you got to be a little frustrated that Baldy was not here from day one because, my God, that line, even with a center who's questionable, and he scored a Golden Knight, um, that line now looks – I don't want to say spectacular because they don't have a center who I love. They look – so good though and Fiala looks so good um and so those are my thoughts the one thing is the first period it frustrated me that they sat there and watched the ceremony but I think I'm equally as impressed by the fact that they sort of snapped their fingers second and third period and we're like we're we're the better team and we know it
0: yeah I I think the the word you could use to describe that boldy Fiala line is confidence there's finally confidence um not just in Fiala's game because I think you see a lot of that regardless of who he's playing with. But there's confidence from the coaching staff, and there's confidence that the team believes in that line for the first time. Fiala got in the doghouse a ton uh, at the beginning of the season and also in peaks and valleys of his wild career for turning pucks over, doing too much, trying too hard, and he ends up kind of getting uh, the, the blunt of that blame. Now that he has Matthew Boldy, it, it, it makes things interesting. Like, Frederick Goudreau should not be necessarily centering that line. He gets a penalty shot. He had no chance of scoring. Um he does get a nice goal, so he redeems himself, and that's that's great. I'll I'll push back a little bit on you mm-hmm. from the standpoint that Matthew Bully should have been here from day one. I I hear that logic and I know what you're saying, but luckily if so if the Wild were middling and they got off to a poor start and now that they're playing good hockey, I could I'll get on your side. This is the advantage of getting off to such a hot start that you kind of could take those lapses and you could allow Boldy to take his time in Iowa. I'm not someone who is prospect hoarding and you need X amount of games to prove something and you need to do X, Y, and Z because that's how sports is. And that's how you come up through the ranks. I think that's a lot of hoopla BS, just like you think it is. But um, now that Fiala and Boldy are here, I don't look at it as, man, that's a missed opportunity or, or a missed situation where Boldy should have been here sooner. I look at it as, well, now you know what it takes to be a Stanley Cup team, and you know that Frederick Goudreau is not going to be the guy that's probably centering that line if you're going to begin a playoff series. And I think Bill Guerin knows that. I think Dean Evason knows that. You know, In theory, it might be Marco Rossi, if he continues to mature and plays well in Iowa, that he can come up and play. I actually am more skeptical on that idea uh, from the get-go. I think it's more evidence that they'll actually make a move and try to get a center. You know, you and I, we did a podcast for the audio audience. It's available on Judd's Hockey Show and on Mackie and Judd uh, podcast feed. And by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Judd Zolgat, I'm Declan Goff. We break Minnesota sports down. Sandsville, Mackie, the Hockey Whisperer is resting to yeah. get his takes in on Monday to talk about this Minnesota Wild Affair. But if you like your Minnesota sports content and you want a little bit of change from what uh, you're used to listening, hit the subscribe button right here on Score North for more Minnesota sports entertainment. I think... The evidence is that they can make a move for a center. And tomorrow morning on this YouTube channel, you're going to see a video that drops of Judd and myself from earlier this afternoon discussing center targets that they could go potentially get. And, you know, we've heard about Claude Giroux. JT Miller's name has been rumored around the Minnesota Wild for basically the last entire three months or so. But there's another surprise name that I threw out recklessly, which was Brock Nelson from the New York Islanders with the Islanders being off to such a slow start. Now, Brock Nelson is not going to be someone that uh, is going to come cheap and the wild will play the Islanders on Sunday. So you'll, Minnesota wild fans will get a nice uh, view of him. If you're really not familiar with him being a Minnesota guy and being a very established, one of the better centers in the NHL, but to bring it full circle, I don't look at it as boldy, was not up here. And that's a disappointment. I look at it as now that you know that this team is legit, they're getting points at the same rate, basically as Colorado. They're one of the best teams in a cutthroat division. You need something else to compete with those horses that are in Colorado. And I think tonight and what Boldy and Fiala have shown in general and in their sample size together, you need a true center. And I think they'll address that.
1: And the interesting, interesting thing about this too. And why I think Drew uh, probably is the, is the logical target is this, um, the more I watch this, Dex, I don't think trading Fiala becomes an option right now. You, so here, here's the thing, and Bill knows this. This team right now has a, for a very brief window, because things could, I don't think they're going to go sideways next year, but you're, you're basically going to be cap strapped for three years. Bill Guerin knows this. This team right now has a window that is open. And Kevin Fiala, the more that, that we watch him, with Boldy especially, shows that he's an important part of that. And, and so I really – how how can I put this? I think that the, it makes more sense to pursue a cup right now, pursue a playoff run right now, and then, and then come summertime, if you have to rethink things and retool a bit, you do that. But I don't think trading Kevin Fiala now with how he's playing Becomes an option of well, we had to trade him. Like I've tried to think in those terms, but this is an opportunity that's not going to present itself potentially for the next three years. Like it might, but it might not too because you're going to have to trim some players off because of cap. You're you've put yourself in a predicament, but you're not there yet. And so this is a very interesting, interesting discussion um, on Goudreau. On the penalty shot, may I mention this, because this drives me nuts. Uh, and it's a it is a result of the shootout, and and I hate this. Goudreau's goal came because he took a great pass from Zuccarello, who was going off. It was a great play. He was by the bench. He was about to to leave. Zuccarello passed it to Fiala, who again makes a great pass. Goudreau scores. Why? Because he's flying in. He goes, I believe, high glove side on Shostakin. Great goal. The penalty shot. Which, by the way, I don't even think this was legal when I was a kid and penalty shots were awarded because you used to always have to move towards the goal. This crap of going in deliberately, which Goudreau did, and the I'm going to slow down, now I'm going to speed up, now I'm going to move right, now I'm going to move left, drives me crazy. Absolutely drives me crazy. Goudreau isn't good enough to do that. Goudreau needs to go towards the net and shoot. Um, and the old rule on penalty shots was you did have to make a progression towards the net consistently, and they, and they were pretty strict about that. The penalty shot has become this just weird skills competition, and, and I feel like now – or I, I'm sorry, I should say the shootout has. And I feel like now we're allowing that into penalty shots. Um, that penalty shot was awful. His goal was exactly what he should do, which is move towards the net, shoot the puck, high glove side. Got Shosturkin, bang, nice goal. That I, I'm just I'm so tired of the shoot of the of the dilly dally shootout mentality. Yep. And look, Patrick Kane is special. Okay, it's a special human being. He's a special player. The majority of these people need to shoot the puck.
0: Yep, yeah, c- come in with a better move. And look, I. Frederick Goudreau, not a move, just shoot when, the puck. When, when you get when you get a shootout opportunity or get a penalty shot, excuse me, opportunity, um, you kind of got to make the most of it. And look, Frederick Goudreau doesn't have uh, a lot of ammunition uh, in his chamber to make a dazzling move to do that. So to your point, to what you're saying, just shoot the puck, man. Your handles aren't going to yeah, be the reason you're to go beat them, right? Like, like high glove side, not to necessarily Bang. pull a Brian Ralston, which he used to do in the shootout move, which is, hey, here's my slap shot, try to stop it.
1: Yeah, no, no, no.
0: Because that, cause that is also a dime a dozen that, that doesn't really yes. exist anymore. High golf um, side. And so you you have to kind of just be at the mercy of that. But I think in general, look, Frederick is a nice player. He's okay. He's replaceable. He he, he yes. isn't noticeably bad, but he isn't a noticeable difference maker. Yes. And and that's what we've been discussing here in the last 10 minutes, and that's what we discussed on our bonus episode of Reckless Speculation from this afternoon, where you need another center. and. A lot of Wild fans balked at the Chris Tierney um, possible interest from the Ottawa Senators, the Pierre Maguire being in the building on Monday at the XO Energy Center, and the Wild being tied to him and Chris Tierney, five goals, five assists on a bad Senators team. That dude scored 18 goals for the Sharks three years ago and was played, and has played 40 games of the postseason and has been there and done that. And to be honest, is it going to be a monumental difference from Chris Tierney to Frederick Goudreau? Maybe not. Probably not. Probably not but has, is Chris Tierney a more playoff-tested player that could maybe get a little bit more without giving up the farm and without giving up significant assets to make Fiala and Boldy better? Yes. I
1: right. do and, think there's something more there. And I do think playoff-wise, I do think that there's a good chance that Dewar will not be on, the ideally won't play in the playoffs. Goudreau could then switch to a wing. Like Things are going to change. Um, I understand that things are going w- well now, and the top nine's really good. So I am... I'm on board with the majority um, of the top nine. If you can replace Goudreau, that's cool. But that fourth line, which I like a lot, and they they work hard and and they're fast. But keep in mind, Goudreau is really fast. And so I'll go back to to what we talked about on the episode that's going to be unveiled tomorrow, which is Frederick Goudreau actually makes sense on the wing with Sturm, who is out tonight because of COVID, and Duhame Dewar, who is a nice player, very well, might not have a chance to play on the or in the playoffs. Okay, I got a question for you before we're done here, yes, sir. because this is a um, this came to me tonight, and I, I I don't know if it's I there might be some validity to it or not. I'll Definitely put this in the reckless speculation file. Do you think that Kalen Addison is going to be included in in a trade? and that's why because oh somebody again tweeted me tonight and i don't disagree with this they're like what does ben bring that you know like like kalen oh, yes what does ben bring that yeah and i know he's a solid veteran blah 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 but he, he's very solid i'm he's an at best he's a nice player but kalen addison for what this team wants to do especially on a bottom pairing, fits perfectly. He's fast. He brings, he brings a lot of things that I would think that they would use. Do you think that they're fixing to trade him and they don't want people and they don't want their team especially to get used to him? Because it does seem downright weird that they're just like, well, plug Ben in. He's the good veteran. He's a good soldier. Um, I just wonder if, he, if, if, if Kalen's going to be included in a trade.
0: So this is the delicious part that the Minnesota Wild have found themselves in, in terms of a trade market and being buyers potentially at the deadline. Um, They have a prospect pool that's pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Kaprizov, Boldy, and I would say Rossi. Well, not Kaprizov. I won't label him because he's a superstar. Boldy, Rossi are what I would call untouchable assets. I would call them untouchable. I'd be shocked if either of them were moved, especially Boldy in front of Rossi with Boldy making his impression so far. Fair enough. from the from the Kalen Addison side and from the aspect of if you're going to acquire someone significant, you have to give something back up. This isn't just robbing Peter to pay Paul, and this right. isn't just trying to find hidden gems in a trash can here. You're going to have to give up something significant. And I'm under the belief that, look, Matt Dumba is an alternate captain and is a mental lot to that room, and Garen talks about chemistry and culture. And Dumba's game has also just really progressed and taken a, a step forward, and he means a lot to the team off the ice, too. So I think it's a hard sell to the locker room and the fan base to part with him, which would then, in theory at least, open the door. Well, then what are you going to do with Kalen Addison? Because Kalen Addison can't be playing bottom-pairing minutes. little sidetrack here. It's kind of like in, for the Vikings side of Kenei Nwangu versus Alex Madison. Why is Kanae Nwongu not getting snaps over Alex Madison? Well, because he's buried. He's buried on the depth chart. Is, is, is there something maybe a little bit more? Is there something a little bit more that you could unlock with Kanae Nwongu that Alex Madison isn't bringing? Yeah, probably, but he's buried right now. And you're not going to just play Kanae Nwongu six, seven snaps a game just to do it, and you're not going to just play Kalen Addison 10, 11 minutes night from Jordy Ben's side to just get him on the ice to show something. So it, it's, it's difficult, but I, I would say actually in terms of like realistic prospects that aren't draft picks they could move, the two names you would probably dangle from, from a prospect side are Kalen Addison and Adam Beckman. Those are, the two, those are probably the two sweeteners you'd throw in with draft picks yeah. if you were to make a splash trade. And when I mean a splash trade, I'm talking that Brock Nelson type, Thomas Hurdle type. I don't think you'd have to give up one of those to get Claude Giroux. I could be wrong on that. I
1: could you might be, have I, to give I, up Kalen Addison to get might. Claude Giroux. You might. Because uh, the Fletcher thing is very intriguing there. Um, one, would Claude, would Claude Giroux, who has a complete no-move clause, okay a trade here? That's question one. If the answer is yes, does Chuck Fletcher want to help Bill Guerin win a Stanley Cup without without feeling like he got a lot back? Perhaps not. So, like, yeah, I just I'm wondering now because Kalen Addison not being here, unless there's something I don't know about his play, doesn't make a ton of sense. Mm -mm. Um, But if there is a agenda of, you know, what he's the he is option A to move. And and as far as Dumba and Fiala go, I think one of them is gone this summer. But I'm becoming now. But I'm now convinced Fiala is not gone during the course of this season, and Dumba's definitely not. So I do think one of them gets moved this summer. I think that both of them are completely safe through the playoffs.
0: And, and my kind of last take on this is, you know, if you're worried about, well I, can't, well, I can't get rid of Rossi. Okay. Well, I can't get rid of Beckman. Okay. Well, I can't get rid of Addison. Okay. Well, well then, yeah. you're, you're, then you're you're rolling. You're literally going to roll with Patrick Goudreau and Victor Rask and those guys playing. It doesn't no. work that way. No, And I think, I think fans need to be reminded of that. And I... We discussed this on our Reckless Speculation episode. The Wilds prospect pool has finally been built back up, right? Like Chuck Fletcher was trading around first-round draft picks, like Judd knocks back Surly Furiouses, okay? He just, he just throws them right in the can. He just puts them right in, and they go right out. Now, the, now that you have Bill Guerin basically has, has stocked his, his Surly Furiouses, he has even stocked his Surly Extra Citrus here, Judd. He has stocked numerous beer. prospects and numerous things in the cupboard to make everything better and you eventually have to part with some of those if you're going to get something that's worth a, of a value that you want back in return so you, you have to spend to give and you have to give to spend and it, it's not as easy as just fleecing someone the chris tierney trade is that that's the easy one trade a fifth round pick and grit get chris tierney and see if you can get lightning in a bottle and don't it,
1: and don't forget too at the deadline, every trade that we we think, well, you're going to have to give up something, but not a, a lot. If you want to, if you want to get the trade done, you give up more than we expect. Absolutely, like that's just the nature of that beast. Because they, if you want a player, the team that that is trading you that player sort of has you. So, I'm not saying that that Rossi or Boldy would ever be dealt, but that's what I'm starting to wonder if, like. Addison's being held in the minors to a certain point, but he's played up here enough to know he's good. To just be like, okay, here, here's the, here's the guy. We'll trade you this guy. And Beckman's a great uh, na- name too. Um, I, I think you're right though, in the sense that I don't think that you can look at this and be like, Frederick Goudreau's fine, and you know, Doer's fine. I think that I think we're going, I think we're going to get one more important juggle because i think there's a realization that things could go sideways in the next three years because of the cap problems but there is no question right now things are not going sideways this is right now a good team they are a really good team um i don't remember the last time this far into a season decks that i can say to you i think i've seen two teams that are clearly better and that's it like tonight
0: and who's that? that's Colorado, and who? Uh
1: the Panthers game, the Florida Panthers game in which might change now, but I'm just saying that was that was the first game where I'm, I'm like, "Woo, the Wild's not that good," and I think Colorado, and I still think that their goaltending is susceptible to failure, but Colorado's good too. But I'm just saying beyond that, like like who have you seen them play where you're like, that is clearly the the superior team. The Rangers for a period tonight looked good. And then it was crystal clear to me. The wild is the better team. I just, I have not seen that ordinary, you know, Oh, there's five or six teams that, yeah, they're going to good. They're going to consistently beat you. I don't see that. I am real. I mean, I cannot articulate enough how impressed I am by this team and what they do. And again, how the pieces of the puzzle all work. Um, you know, yeah, the the Erickson Ekline's incredible. It is. I mean, how the hell are they that consistent? It's been years since I've seen that from uh the North Stars or this team. It's it's impressive. Doesn't happen. No, doesn't it happen. doesn't.
0: All right, man. Well we'll, well, we'll get back to enjoying our Friday night here uh, yep. tomorrow morning. Back to my Shirley, right here on this Score North YouTube channel, you'll find a reckless speculation uh, trade episode uh, from Judd and myself from this afternoon that we recorded. Uh, I'm sure Jed and I will actually be back also Sunday night to probably break things down after the Isles game. Yep. God willing, there's not a goaltender interference. And you got to hear
1: Declan's Brock Nelson take because it's actually very intriguing.
0: It makes more sense than my goaltender interference take from what I'm being hammered on right now. And if you want that take, go back and rewatch but this. But no, video. your
1: point's right. Yeah. It should have been blown dead.
0: Should have been blown dead.
1: What, what's the problem there? They, yeah. they should have blown the play dead. And
0: for, and for the audio audience, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about and you heard that clip being played in the first 10 minutes like five different times, come Simulcast. on to the YouTube page, hit the subscribe button, and you'll completely understand uh, what you'll get. And, yes, Jackson, on our YouTube page, you'll get a JHS on Sunday uh, after the WoW game. So, for Judd, for myself, Declan Goff, thank you for listening. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Pass, shoot, score, and we'll be back on Sunday. Listen.
2: You guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all
1: about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. that. This is about f***ing winning.